Welcome to the podcast. It is me, Josh, and Matt. I'm feeling very. Um, yeah. I'm, fe- I'm feeling very uh, Christmassy. Yeah, that was like almost High School Musical of you. I'm dreaming. Like we could, we we could go for that. We could go for. Uh, I've been singing. Um, oh, what's the song? Um, Chestnuts roasting uh-huh. on an open fire. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rain. Jack Frost. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Normally with Christmas songs, I go. I know the first line, <laughs> and then I'm like, na 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 na. Isn't that a? That's a. Um, that is a Saturday Night Live skit. Which one? Where they literally sing the first line oh. <laughs> of every Christmas carol, and then at the, like, <laughs> they go to the second part of it, and they're oh, like, yeah. ma, ma, na, ma, na. Because no Good <laughs> King wins Like that. It's it's really funny, actually. It's a brilliant one. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, like, think about it. You're only bringing out these songs once a year. True. And so then you're like, uh, silent night. Right. All no, you missed Holy Night. Yeah, you missed parts. But like, you missed one of the top three Christmas songs of all time. You you literally missed the okay. second. But but let's not talk about okay. the the singing the song. Okay. Let's talk about growing up at church and being in the worship band during Christmas time oh, yeah. when they would make you do Christmas carols. Oh, it's the worst. I purposely would miss. Listen. There, there were like I've okay. So the majority of the churches I've ever pastored at, yeah, I have been the whatever slash worship pastor, yeah, okay, or, or I've been highly involved in worship teams, yeah, and especially leading, leading from the the piano keys, yeah. whatever. My least favorite time of year, yeah, Christmas, one hundred percent, every time was Matt. I know. Uh, we're doing a Christmas service on the 23rd, um, regular worship people are, can we, can we do three or four or five Christmas Christmas carols? So thank God for Chris Tomlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he made it so much easier. He came in and we started doing Christmas stuff with Chris Tomlin. My world became so unspeakable joy. Nice. That one? Yeah, Yeah. but did you have to cross your eyes when you did it? No, 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 no. It made life so much easier because, like, oh, the yeah. original OG, <laughs> yeah, because the original OG Christmas carols, one, are in ridiculous oh. key signatures. Like Th- this one killed me. Joy to the world, the Lord is, and then you'd be like, "What am I even?" And then you have to play every single, like, you can't chord those because then people are like, "No, it doesn't sound right." I I play drums to them a lot, oh. and then. You, uh, heaven and nature sings, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven. and it, you always be like, "What am I hitting? I yeah. don't even know." <laughs> right. Like, what accent am I on here? Like, yeah. So it was always it was always awkward, but um, all that to say, God, you're in a mood. God loves you. Oh, you're in a mood. You're in a mood. You're in a mood. Christmas. Well, I mean, it just started snowing here the last couple of days in Saskatoon. Uh, I just drove through a blizzard yeah. to be here. Yeah, you did, and um, <laughs> we're all better for it. Um, but 
uh, God does love you, man. Yeah. And you're really trying to transition into the next part. <laughs> you're just like, you're, let's get this podcast over with. Th- no, not over. This intro has been more I, than three minutes. I let's actually, get on. I actually think you got a lot to say about this because <laughs> it was, it was, uh, I, I, I will say yesterday church was my favorite church service we've had since I've been in South Point. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh man, this is so good. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know it's you know it's going to be a good day when you, those who are there early to set up are sitting there guessing because of be the there? snowstorm who's going to be there, right? And yeah. you're like, well, this person, this couple, uh, and it's kind of fun because it kind of sets the tone for oh, yeah. you know the rest of the day. But no, it was. I thought it was a. I, a I meant more of the conversation. Yeah, like, tell, tell us, tell it, us what you felt. Which I what I warm the cockles of your heart during this season. I just loved it. I just love. Sometimes I think like we we formalize too many things. But like you gave this talk about you know this moment that you had at pastors' conference this past week, and you just had this realization of God loving you, and like it's really that simple, and yet there, right. you know we complicate things, yada yada, and just the conversation around the table was just really good, and yeah. I think you know for the for the folks that were there, like people, I think people left really encouraged, yeah, which is which is really great, and I think like sometimes, um, you know, I've left a lot of church services just like okay, well. I'm going to go eat lunch now. Yeah. And yesterday I was like, no, like there was a lot of good there. And for me, it's like, uh, Birch the week before was great that way. Like I, I had, I had a big, big moment myself. And then yesterday was really good. Like, and I think a lot of it is, um, you know, the simplicity of just sharing life with people. It was just really great. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, I got to give a shout out to, pastor's retreat for the paoc sk and more specifically rob and shannon olson who are from bethel your home one of your churches my first uh first my my first go first go around Hmm. um they came and spoke and so what i spoke on was basically rob's message yeah um there was not necessarily anything new from that no most sermons are not no but what it what it you're not wrong (laughs) most sermons are stolen Uh, so that's okay What's that sermon place? That uh, sermoncentral.com. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Um, sometimes I go there just to compare notes. Like if I have something, I'm like, or I read something, I'm like, oh, that's better. That's a better way of saying okay. it than I did. As a sidebar. Sure. Sidebar me. I don't understand why people get so upset about pastors going to sermoncentral.com. Listen, you go to commentaries that say John Calvin or John Wesley or some dead guy Ooh, uh, th- that's long gone. Piper. Oh, no. He's, he's still not alive. Dead. Dang it. But, or or you, you'll go visit sermons from other preachers. You'll look at commentaries that like somebody has put into them. Matthew Henry. And then you're going to be like, well, no. Sermon Central, though? Right. Off. What, you're, like, literally, most commentaries are just sermons put together. For the most part. Yeah, no, I, like, I, I, have, I don't get it. I, without shame, I have gone there. I have compared notes. I've, I've typed in sure. my topic. I've read through a bunch of guys' messages. And there's been times where I'm like, oh, that's a better way of putting it than I just had it. Or that's a completely different thought than I ever yeah. could have ever imagined. Isn't that what every pastor does all of the time? I think so. <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun. I because, don't get it. Yeah, anywho. 
No, that's a good point. So, anyways, so shout out to Rob because shout his message was was this, you know, really was more ministry context. Mm. But it was this mm. like you know, we've all heard the message God loves you. Yes. Right? And and it's almost like you hear it so much it becomes a Sunday school answer, Jesus. You know, you know, like who did this? Jesus. <laughs> We used to joke that those are the three answers in school. You you would always get it with Mariah. One hundred percent. Yes, no, and Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shamala. Uh, and um, so it, just the way it, for me at the time, it, coming out of this whole thing of, you know, what, what again? We talked about the pandemic, and I, I hate it, but it it is a season like we're almost a year, not even quite mm. a year removed from, quote unquote, opening up, right? Yeah. yeah. And. What I've noticed is this, you know, whether you want to call it people figuring out their faith or figuring mm-hmm. out where they are at and relationships. But I, I started to in, internalize all this stuff where I came to the realization that, like, I'm a church planter who doesn't have a church of 300 yeah. yet, doesn't have a huge budget, doesn't have... um a ton of people and, and, and the people that are coming are, are great and wonderful, but mm-hmm. you know, they're even internalizing and trying to figure out where they are and what they're doing, where they're going. And you start to feel like a failure to an extent. Yeah. You start to feel like, you know, I'm a very extroverted human being. And yet there were most times where I'm like at home all the time by myself, yeah. don't want to leave. Yeah. And you just start to pile this stuff on. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the mental warfare. And I remember saying to taking just last week, I said, I'm, I'm done. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I'm going to start living again. Mm. And she's like, well, no one stopped you. And I said, no, that's not true, though. Because for two years, the government and, and society and all these people basically kind of stopped you from yeah. going out and doing things. And, and it became habitual and, and a pattern in my life. And I said, so, like, I went to Home Depot on my own when my kids left at home with my wife. And, like, that sounds normal to people. Like, but it really wasn't for us for a yeah. long time. And so then I just started to, you know, Rob started talking about this whole, like, you know, in spite of your failures, in spite of your flaws, in spite yeah. of your, you, the, the way you are, you're not a surprise to God. You're not a shock mm-hmm. to God. The anger, you know, the, the bad sermon, the, 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 the occasional swear word, the, you know, you did this, you did that. You, you're, God still loves you. Yeah. You know, your church isn't big, Matt. You thought you were going to have this huge church by now. God still loves you. Your your, your message uh, this past week wasn't a home run. Mm-hmm. It's okay. God still loves you. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you've tried a couple of things um, from the church plant perspective, and they've not gone well. Mm-hmm. It's okay. God still loves you. You know, in the midst of all this, you've... Your kids are growing up, but you're frustrated with them more frequently than you ought to be. It's yeah. okay. God still loves you. And, yeah. you know, just this constant reminder. And for whatever reason, yeah, you hear it a thousand times. Yeah. It's, it's like when you read a Bible verse a thousand times and, and never, the you're like, okay, time. whatever. And then the one time it smacks you right across the kisser. Yeah. The old kisser. The old kisser, my boy. And um, so I don't know why I went there with that accent. I, I have um, no idea, but that but, was... But listen. That um, was wild. I know. But You're living. <laughs> uh, this is living now. You're oh, living. That should be a song. Oh. Anyways. <laughs> Let's send it to a band in Australia and yeah. see what they do with it. 
and and so just this Sunday, I wanted to remind people like, like start to live, yep. live knowing that God loves you for all the greatness that you think you are, mm. but also the reality that we beat ourselves up, yeah. that we beat ourselves down, that we've lived in a world that really, if you have a, if you think too much of yourself, if you, you're almost supposed to live like you're a failure. Right. You're almost supposed to live like you're not good enough. You're right. almost supposed to walk around with your head down. And and yet, God still loves you. Mm. Like, none of this is a surprise. Yeah. And for me, it just was a wake-up call to to, like, wake up, start living, go after it. You know, more so with, you know, the idea of our, our church's, you know, neighbor, uh, love your neighbor, love God thing. Yeah. And not be passive about it. Not be, you know, let's just hope it happens. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, let, let's hope it happens hasn't grown our church. No. Let's hope it happens hasn't necessarily reflected in a lot of stuff. Now, it has reflected in other people's lives, like the impact they're having with their oh, neighbors. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. and your neighbors, me and my sure. neighbors, the people around us. Um, but there could be more. And, and I think the more is that sometimes we just get so tired or beat down or exhausted mm-hmm. or oppressed or depressed or whatever it is in our life. And, and we sometimes forget like, well, I, I can't serve God. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do this thing called Christianity. I can't uh, follow this calling that might be on my life because yeah. I'm a freaking failure yeah. or I'm, I'm not good enough or, oh man, I mean, I just had a huge humdinger with my wife and we're not talking right now because she yelled at me and I yelled at her and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And I got angry at my kids. Like, that's how we think. And so we just kind of give up and go home, you know, take our ball and go home and sit on the couch and it is what it is. So that was really, um, that was kind of it. We had a great talk around the table about people and how... And it was great because the stories that came out of, of oh, yeah. someone's kindness and the way they've expressed their kindness. Another yeah. person said, you know, that she, uh, her whole life, she, and the, this was the thing that affected me the most was this idea of me wanting to be me, right? I've yeah. always wanted to, I am who I am. This may be surprising. I'm a little sarcastic. I, I'd never, I could never, I, I could never tell. Well, I want you to know I can oh. be a little sarcastic. Okay. And, just this whole again god loves you for who you are god god made me the way i am yeah so lean into it enjoy it yeah. live it love it and she kind of expressed it like there for her it, it was the way she is she is gentle but mm-hmm. she is not passive like she's yeah, not yeah. um she she's not your typical like uh hey uh wear a skirt and wait for your husband at home and be very nice and yeah but like all of those things yeah like right? and, and even the whole like what, how did she put it that you can be gentle but you can be firm too yeah and, oh and, yeah 100%. and like this idea of you know, because I've I'm I'm very abrasive. I'm very upfront. I'm mm-hmm. very point. Like I'll tell you the truth. I don't care. But I try to do it as much in gentleness and as yeah. loving as I can. Sometimes if I try too hard, it comes across as condescending and yeah. Um, uh, what a little dickish. Oh. Well, just being honest. Like the uh, like the artist or is that an artist? Yeah, a little peckish. Peckish. Yeah, yeah. sure. Anyways, so. Yeah, 
that's um it was great i i really enjoyed the the conversation yeah i i think like to me for me at this stage of my life i love that stuff i just feel like when people are authentically sharing about their lives and they can kind of admit those things like yeah i'm not perfect yes here's how i lived out my faith in an imperfect way but it was still mine. I think there's something great about that. Yeah. And I, that was shared yesterday. I mean, you did it. Other people did it. I, I just feel like I think more of that authenticity, like lived out is so helpful to people because like people, so when you, so, I mean, we've talked about this, um, you know, especially when we were uh, youth pastors, like you would get parents would get mad at us. <coughs> like why we, Carrie and I had one, one, set of parents one time we were doing a whole sex ed thing um and then all of a sudden they got mad at us because well you know you shouldn't be teaching all of the different views on sex and sexuality meanwhile there's like literally you know a million different kinds of kids in our space coming from you know a ton of different backgrounds and you know for us like abstinence was was the at the top of it but what we said to them was look like we're not stupid either we also know that, you know, teenagers sometimes do things that they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, the parents were just overwhelmingly like some parents. I can't believe you would even say that. Like, there's no way that would happen. <laughs> right. And I think sometimes there is this naive space where like, we act like, or we want to act like there's nothing else that's wrong. We're, we're, we just keep it all in a compartment and it's fine. But sometimes it's not fine. Yeah. And like the thing with those kids was their parents weren't people they could go to, to talk about that stuff. If there was something that did happen or. Sure. I've had parents who, who, who said, Oh, you, you know, my kid isn't ready for this. And then I'm thinking to myself, your kid's the one who came to me telling them, telling me they're addicted to pornography. Yeah. And, and their parents are like, Oh, my kid would never. And, and I feel like a lot of the times we do this thing, especially Christians, like where we want to put our heads in the sand and act like everything is okay. And like, then when stuff does happen, we have nowhere to go because we're like, I can't tell people that I'm struggling with my kids or I can't tell people that I'm struggling okay. with this so or that. And here's my question. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Is that part of the culture that we have set up in church? Because, so let's go back in the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the pastor comes to church dressed in a suit and tie, his family oh. in tow. Everything looks perfect. Oh, yeah. You know, even though hell might have broken out at home on oh, the way right there before, and in the car sure. right before. Yeah. And, but then when they walk in, tears are wiped oh. away and everybody's happy. Yeah. And, 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 you know, some sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so who are a little bit of the elderly um, age are, are, you know, got their Bible in hand and everything is great. And, mm. and, and so you don't want to mess with the status quo. So yeah. you just pretend like everything's fine. Yeah, totally. And we do this for years and years and years. And when, when marriages are breaking apart and families are being destroyed and personal lives are being like torn apart by sin and all mm-hmm. other kinds of things, we don't have anybody to talk to. We, no. we can't tell the pastor because then we'll look like, Ooh, well, Oh, uh, well, I'm not as good as him or her or 
um, you know, they're going to look at me differently. Totally. I can't, I can't tell my peers because Lord knows, you know, the church is, is, um, great at shooting their own when they're wounded. Well, I, I think, you know, to, I think in fairness and in credit to everybody, like you don't know what you don't know. I think a lot of people were just kind of went along with it because that's what they were taught. Like, like culture is something that's built. And like over time, especially kind of in the traditions that we come from, like it was built in there. And so people that didn't know any different just kind of went along with it. And that was the expectation. And that's what you do. But like, I read a book, I read a book, um, I don't know, I was in my early 20s, which is weird to say, but... Yeah, it was a long time ago. It's kind of, <laughs> it's it's weird. Like, literally, it was 20 years ago. Like, it's, like, I, like, it's, like it's bizarre. You're old. So, I, it was called Joshua, and it was... Uh, wow, I know that's Joshua. That's really self-indulgent. <laughs> you know, I just see <laughs> that. So, uh, but it was, it was a, it was a fictional narrative around, like, what would it look like if Jesus lived now? And so Jesus was a carpenter. He, uh, he, he showed up in some town in Pennsylvania. Uh You know what I mean? Like it was, it was kind of weird, but it was interesting to see how the author actually, like people had a hard time with him. Mm. Cause he just wouldn't, kind of give in to the way things were being done in a lot of the religious settings. Right. So he was like, nah, like I'm going to be with this person. Like, nah, like, well, I'm not going to do that because that's ridiculous or no, I'm going to take the time to be with, you know, I'm going to make, make sure that this person's doing okay when everyone thinks that they're just gross and and weird anyway. Um, like there, there was so much that what that resonated in it that I just thought, you know, like we do this thing and you, you, I think you said it, right? Like we, we shoot, we shoot our own when like really Jesus is about fruit. Like what's coming out of somebody's life? Like, do they put up with like, and we were so hard on ourselves. Like you were talking about before, like the shame and, oh, I'm just, I'm bad. But like the reminder that God loves you is really around, look, like it's very simple. Like what's the fruit that's coming out of your life? Like, are you growing in love towards the people in your life? Yeah. Are you hitting all the check marks that some pastor in a three-piece suit told you to hit? Or are you, like, actually showing more kindness to your kids today than you did yesterday? Or, you know, is that in- ever-increasing? Are you more patient with your partner or your spouse than you are today than you were two years ago? Right? Like, like those, those are the fruits that should be coming out the fruit that should be coming out, but we measure it by such different things. Yeah. We, I I was just having this conversation at church with somebody in the background before church started. And this person had mentioned, you know, I don't even know if I'm going to go to heaven. (laughs) And then, and I I think they were, it's a half joke, half serious. You know what I mean? Like kind of like throwing it out there into the universe, the metaverse as it were. Almost telling you like, yeah, reassure me, and and I'm like, me. well, why do you think that? Like, and I, I, it was funny because I instantly, like, when people say that, I know, I instantly turn into Pastor Matt. Like, mm. I can't help myself. I'm not trying to fix them, no, no. but I just want to, I want to, I want to like figure out why they feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And and just to hear this person's um, 
jokingly but seriously kind of joking rationale and and it it led perfectly into the message which was yeah. all the stuff that this person felt Ugh. all the stuff that they felt they weren't doing from the yeah. christian checklist that they felt like well they must not be going to fit, heaven or, or yeah. they may not fit in because well i haven't done this and i haven't done that and yeah. i and I haven't, and I, I want to, I, you know, I wanted to say to her, like, where in the Bible yeah. does it say, read the Bible every day? Yeah. Now, we read the Bible because we want to know more about God. We want 100%. to know more about you. So it's one of those texts that you want, you know, it's a learning text. It's a, it's a, it's a loving text. Yeah. It's a real text. It's an alive text. I get all that. Yeah. But there's nowhere in the Bible says that if you don't read the Bible every day, thou shalt go to hell or not go to heaven. No. And I even use the example of like when Paul says, I, I speak in tongues more than you, I, I, which is kind of like a flex to say, I, I, listen, listen, I, I, listen I, I kind of pray more than all of you. So why are you being this so way? Yeah. deal with it. And then we set, we set our example of like we set the standard all of a sudden. It's like, well, if I don't pray as much as Paul... I'm a failure. Yeah. Or, or, and, and we don't, sometimes we don't say failure. Sometimes we don't, sometimes what we do, and I, I mean, this is, I'll say this for me because this mm -hmm. is what I do. And, and actually my kids and my wife are like this. They're an all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like if, if, if I'm going to read, <laughs> I'm going to read. I'm going to read the whole thing. If I'm not going to read, but I'm not if, I'm not, if I'm not good at it, I'm I not going to do it. And and we've set up these boundaries of, and it's the same thing in the world. You're either a, an extreme conservative or you're an extreme mm -hmm. liberalist. Oh, like yeah. there's no, yeah. there doesn't seem to be any middle ground. We can't agree on anything. Yeah. And if you don't agree with me, then you can't be my friend. Yeah. But we've now we've set up this parameter with our relationship with God. Oh yeah. Right. And it's like, well, God, if I can't serve you, hundred and ten percent and follow the twenty nine commandments that I have established as. Yeah. Um, the do's and don'ts of my faith. Yeah. If I can't do them, then I'm I'm not going to do them at all, and I might as well just give up and go home because it's you hate yeah. me. Do Do you think people are missing God? Like, and I don't miss missing like I miss you, God. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean like that. I miss God. Where are you? Like I, I miss you because because they're so focused on doing it a certain way. God's talking all the time. Sure. But are they missing what he's saying because they're just like hyper-focused on this? Of course this? they are. Of course. Yeah. The Bible says multiple times, multiple times over and over again, the person who has ears, let them hear. Yeah. The person who has eyes, let them see. Yeah. What God is doing and saying and speaking. Yeah. And we get so sometimes fixated on the i have to do this this way this way and i'm the same way yeah I, I, I wake up the same time almost every morning and i do the exact same thing every morning routine wise yeah and if some one of my kids throws me off <sighs> i can miss an opportunity with my child who oh, might yeah. be demanding my time for a legitimate reason yeah and the same thing goes with our life. We get so caught up. And this is where I came out of this whole, th this funk that I felt like I was in from this message, yeah. which as I got caught up doing the same thing the same way. And anytime a situation or a person or whatever would throw my routine off, just be, I would, I would throw me for a loop. And, yeah. and I felt like God was saying, you're like, you're, 
what are you doing? Yeah. You're missing, you're maybe missing an opportunity. You're missing what I'm trying. I'm actually trying to speak to you right now, Matt. Yeah. But I wasn't open to listening and I sure as heck didn't have my eyes open to see the opportunity. And so that's where I think a lot of people are. Like when, when you're talking, I think it actually, when, now that I'm thinking about it, like when you talked about missing God, I actually think it's both. Yeah, I think yeah. we're missing God, like we're missing what he has to say. Mm-hmm. But deep down in our souls, in the innermost being of we're ourselves, missing we're missing God. Yeah, And because we haven't allowed those opportunities to be, um, you know, okay, so in the story that one of the guys was talking about, the kindness, mm-hmm. that, the, the interesting thing he said at the end was... Um, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, like it, it was an inconvenience, yeah. right? It was a lot of work and a lot of time taken yeah. out. And then I think I, he said something along the lines of it was one of the most fulfilling things and one of the more like satisfying things I've done in a long time. Hmm. Okay, so following God and listening to an opportunity and yeah. seeing an opportunity, maybe a little inconvenient, maybe a little stretching in the moment, maybe a little, you know, irritating, but the fruit of that i i i think part of it and and maybe maybe i'm wrong here but like i I think when we talk relationship with god like relationships change and evolve over time because we change and evolve right like and if we're expecting god to speak us to us the same when we were teenagers or when we first you know my first love is blazing fire fire. i'm (laughs) wow um you know, and and not think that it changes over time. Yeah. And and not that he changes, but like the way I'm going to hear it is going to well, be different because I'm different. I wouldn't want God to talk to me like I was a 14-year-old Matt. No. Because I was an emotional psychopath then. A hundred percent. Right? And he had to talk to me and, and prompt me and poke yeah. me a certain way. But if he did it at 42, I'd be like, I, uh, I'm good, thanks. I, I think people get thrown off by the stability that God gives you in your life. Like when you first come to faith, it's like a roller coaster and it is like up and down. Oh my gosh, I'm going to hell right now. And Oh, maybe I'm not. I love Jesus so much. Oh squirrel. Like you're just running around. <laughs> Another altar call like, for salvation. Oh my I'm going gosh, up. I'll go up every, yeah, time. every time. It doesn't matter what it's for. I got saved about 190 oh my times gosh, in like, three years. I'll do it every time because I love you so much, Jesus. Yeah. But like, once his presence just becomes a regular part of your life and it's stable, I think for some people they can't handle it. Well, and I do think with stability though, just like in a real relationship comes familiarity and 100%. familiarity breeds contempt. A hundred percent. Where all of a sudden when that person, so your spouse, if you're married, that spouse is around you yeah. all the time. There's a certain familiarity and contempt and, 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 um, then, then, then actually you have to work at your marriage. Yeah. And you have to work at your relationship with God. Yeah. And yet in all of that, God does this really cool thing where he says, it's cool, man. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, but God, I, I'm a little bit far from you right now. It's cool, bro. I love you. Yeah, but I haven't like read my Bible every day and I haven't um, listened to worship music through yeah. my Alexa. And um, yeah, it's okay. I love you. Yeah, but God, I got angry with my kids and my, you know, and, yeah. and all of those things that we just said are all true mm-hmm. and they're all real life and they're all, they're all, um, 
valid and realistic things. Oh, yeah. And yet God is saying, I'm not shook by this. I'm not surprised by this. I I think what scares people about it is it almost feels like an excuse, right? Like, if you go down that road, it's a slippery slope to... Sorry, what was that? Slippery slope (laughs) to... um, you know, oh, you're going to be so far away from God, you'll be tempted by the world. I, and like, I, I don't, I don't think if so. If I was like, 14. I, I just feel like people that want to say that are folks that are insecure in their faith. Like, look, there is literally, like, you would have to, there would be have to be something detrimental to the overall narrative of Christianity and of God and what I understand is the gospel to then all of a sudden be like, I'm out because like for me, it's rock solid. I'm like, look, like I love God very much. I love people very much. That's where my faith is, is solidified in those things. And like, I don't need very much to make it something that I'm, that that is such a part of my life that it it takes over every fabric of my life. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Like it doesn't have to be wild. Yeah, it doesn't have to be you you know, for every regular Christian, every regular person who has faith. Yeah. There is a Paul, a Peter, a, a Jonah, a, a David. There are those people in from the, the Bible yeah. that are radical and crazy and God does some great yeah. things like a Billy Graham. Sure. Uh, but for every one of those, there's the local pastor, Timothy. Yeah. You, you you hear stories about Timothy, but he's just putting his nose to the grindstone and giving her at the church level, dealing with crappy people and crappy situations. But it's not like, but, but it's not like. It's not know, wild. It's not wild. They didn't grow but people's arms back all of a sudden. Or, or, that's why one of my favorite books in the Bible is Philemon. Come on. Like, do you even... Do, who is Onesimus and who is Philemon and what do these people even matter? Side just average Joes. Side note, my friend um, Adam Broderick and I oh, no. wrote a song Onesimus. in Bible college yeah. for pastoral theology called Onesimus. And uh, it was amazing. We got an A+. Plus. Onesimus from Phibosheth. Second favorite. Yeah. Oh, he's my favorite character. Mm, no, he's my second favorite character in the Bible. Who's, who's the first? Come on. Jesus? No. Oh. Come on. Left-handed freak. Uh, uh, Ehud. Yes. Come on. Ehud. Come on. Come on. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. Okay. See, but, but yeah. that's the thing. Like, those guys are all extreme. Like, the rest of us, for every Ehud there is... There are a bunch of Israelites back in back in the back in the tent city, and they're yeah, like do, doing their. I'm thing. just making bread. But here's the other thing: Ehud was a one time thing. A one time. How many guys in the Bible did one great thing, and then you never hear from them again? Like, and yet we somehow think, but like truthfully, right? But the way you talk about it is like. Uh, some guy that sat on the bench in the NBA won for one game, and then they're like, Comes in, drops 35 points, and leaves? Jeremy Lin. Okay. But honestly, (laughs) but but because we we understand, we tell these stories about these great biblical characters. Oh, yeah. And they are. Sure. We sometimes, we want to put ourselves in the hero mode. We are the hero of our own story. I know. So we're not the David. No. Like, sorry, folks. 
you're not David, I'm not David. No. We're not slaying Goliaths all I day can't long. Do it. I don't okay. Have time. Okay. I got three kids. We're not, you know, we're, I'm not John the Baptist or Paul the Apostle. I'm not no. these guys. But we put ourselves in that. Oh, yeah. And then when we do, we expect the same, that we put this expectation that now we need to live at that level. And it's like, Gee, listen, but then people put them on themselves on par with Jesus, thinking, well, if I can't live at his level. Jesus didn't even want to die on the cross. <laughs> Hey, can you can this cup pass for me? But then Jesus says you're going to do even greater things than me. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we we take that on like, well, man, what does Jesus that mean? cast you know demons into pigs. He died then, on a cross, oh, <sighs> right? Like, okay, well, all right. Yeah. But but at the end, guess what? What? God still loves you. God uh, loves you, man. He loves you in all of it. God loves you, man. You want to know something else? Hit me with it. Bye. Bye.